Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, the show where America is the star and the American people. To search for the Our American Stories podcast, go to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our country is filled with many different kinds of states, filled with different kinds of people. Some of our states are filled with people from other states. Here to tell the story of who sold Florida is Jason Vuick, author of The Swamp Peddlers. Take it away, Jason. So when I was growing up, people would go, hey, ah, Florida boy, you know, what was the beach like growing up? And I'm like, I didn't grow up near the beach. I grew up in this weirdly unfinished place. We just had roads to nowhere. Hundreds of thousands of lots that people up north and all around the world owned, but had never built on. We called these streets grass faults. People would go out there to make out or race. We'd have parties in high school, or people would just throw trash onto these empty streets and these terrible roads. It looks like those old videos of like Fallout City, you know, where the Pentagon would drop H-bombs on these 50s era, mid-century modern developments and see what happened. That's what a lot of Florida looked like. So when I wrote this book, I wanted to write about the shenanigans of these land sales companies. I wanted to write about Glengarry Glen Ross in Florida. From about 55 to 75, these installment land sellers did about $2 billion in business. And that's in 1970s dollars, pre-oil crises, wild inflation. Big, big bucks, eight, nine, 10 billion today, maybe more. Their companies, if not Fortune 500, were, you know, were New York Stock Exchange listed. These companies collectively owned a couple million acres. They built cities. They built freestanding cities. Port St. Lucie, Palm Bay, Cape Coral, 
two million people live there, it'll be four million by the end of our lifetime, easy. These guys were empire builders. This was not a tiny business. In 1900, Florida had the same population as Baltimore. Huge stretches of Florida were swampy, unbuildable, uninhabitable. It was filled with mosquitoes. People lived along rivers. They lived in higher places. The beach property wasn't of great value. We didn't have the sense of relaxing and leisure time for northern workers. You worked until you died. You worked until you lived in a small room behind your children's house, and they were working until they died. The people who came to Florida in 1900 to relax were the super elite on trains and Pullman cars and stay in these opulent hotels and go tarpon fishing, right? The average Joe didn't come to Florida. You need DDT, you need pesticides, better road buildings, you need drainage, you need dredging and filling, all these modern techniques, and you need air conditioning to truly bring the masses to Florida. But Florida really takes off after World War II. Millions of GIs came home, and they don't want to live with their parents in tenement housing. My father, you know, was the son of immigrants who came through Ellis Island, and you know he was a Marine during the Korean War. Didn't want to go back in a, in a gritty mill town. He wanted to be, if not in the suburbs, then somewhere else, somewhere out. When we talk about suburbs, we talk about Levittown. Uh, William Joseph Levitt was a CB during World War II, that's the construction brigade, the guys in the Navy that would roll into Iwo Jima a day after the, the battle was over when they're cleaning up and they would build huts and temporary housing for like 10,000 men. Quickly, that moved over into home building after World War II. You know, millions of GIs came home. And so these builders using these post-World War II kind of mass production or prefab techniques found ways to, you know, buy, for example, Levittown, you know, a series of potato farms. I don't remember the acreage, but thousands of acres. You buy by the acre, you sell by the foot, you divide by the foot, and you build small suburban lots for these people to move into. The idea was that you would drive into New York City, drive into Philadelphia, drive into, you know, Chicago from your suburban development. Now, Florida, had the same type of boom after World War II, and it did have suburbs in Tampa, in Orlando, in Miami, but Florida still didn't have a lot of people. It had a lot of land. Uh, and there were limits to suburban workers, white collar workers, you know, the, think of Leave it to Beaver. There were limits in Tampa and Miami. Florida didn't have a lot of industry or, or modern service type industries. It was still very rural and very agricultural. And builders were trying to figure out how to sell this land to people. Who can we bring here? Retirees. You know, not rich northerners, but trying to attract bus drivers and teachers, brakemen from the railroad and former GIs that want to come to Florida on fixed incomes and live in these small, generally, I, I say prefab, they, they weren't coming in trucks and dropping off a house. I mean, you build what you can off-site and bring on, or you build using assembly line techniques. You lay the slab and then the crew lays another slab and another slab as far as you can see into the horizon. And then the framers come and then the roofers come and on and on and on. And you do that as quickly as possible, as cheaply as possible to get these retirees in Florida to move down. And so we see after World War II in the late 40s in Miami, three developer brothers, the Mackle brothers, 
Frank, Robert, and Elliot Mackle. They were Southern Blue Bloods. Their father was a builder from Atlanta who'd also built in Nashville and Birmingham. They came from money, but they were, I, you know, I, I would say they had solid middle-class values. Their father was self-made, and I think their father knew boom and bust. Two had served in World War II. One was a construction brigade CB, so he also was similar to Levitt in Levittown, New York. Another brother got a deferment to build houses for the military. So they knew how to build small houses and they knew the military. Uh, they knew what the military needed and they knew what the average man needed. Their father had built for the average man. He built big things, but he built tenements and a housing apartment complexes in Atlanta. So the Mackles were the right guys in the right place at the right time. And you're listening to Jason Vuick, author of The Swamp Peddlers, telling the story of the men who built Florida, turning it from a mostly an agricultural and rural state into a place, a refuge for seniors and retirees. More of this remarkable story here on Our American Story. Lee Habib here, the host of Our American Stories. Every day on this show, we're bringing inspiring stories from across this great country, stories from our big cities and small towns. But we truly can't do this show without you. If you love what you hear, Go to OurAmericanStories.com and click the Donate button. Give a little, give a lot. Go to OurAmericanStories.com and give. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we return to Our American Stories and the story of how Florida was sold and built. When we last left off, Jason Vuick, author of The Swamp Peddlers, was telling us about what Florida was like before World War II. It was swampy, hot, and had the same population as Baltimore. It would take a group of enterprising building brothers, the Mackle brothers, to see it all to its full potential. Let's return to the story. Florida is what people want it to be, but definitely we're talking about the weather. 
you're talking about the beaches and you're talking to northerners from crowded cities, people who grew up in the depression, people who knew want, and it's got a lot of land and it has a government that is willing to shamelessly sell itself and sell its land at all times. So Florida always had this, this pull. So we see after World War II in the late 40s in Miami, three developer brothers, the Mackle brothers. They built, and not small, sizable sometimes, 1,200 houses here, 1,300 houses here. They built Port Charlotte. They built another one, Port St. Lucie, Port Malabar, Deltona, Florida, Spring Hill, Florida. They were good at and they enjoyed having three and four and 5,000 acres and building, essentially building a city. They liked that. They found that it was fun for them. They really did. They talked about it as urban planners, taking a, you know, a virgin stretch of land, naming all of the streets. They, they built communities with so many streets, they had trouble finding names for them all. They'd go through every northern state, every northern city, every flower, every color, every month. Then they'd name it for their kids, and they'd name it for their workers' kids, and on and on and on. And the Mackles were very good at using mass media, Madison Avenue ad campaign. Think of Mad Men, you know, that era very good and they weren't afraid to spend the money to get their name out there to get their projects out there not just locally but nationally the Mackles began advertising Florida land and these communities they were building in Life magazine in Popular Mechanics in Time in you know a Saturday Evening Post they'd spend big money some of the radio commercials were the Mackles big radio commercials TV commercials and one time, the story is they were selling in a development on the East Coast, I think it was in Pompano Beach somewhere, but not on the beach. And they advertised it at, you know, I forget what it was, and they were getting letters, thousands of letters. We'd love to come down, but we're in our 50s and we still have 10 years or so. You know, we still have a while to make it to Social Security or retirement. Um, my husband is older than me, but I still need to work, that kind of stuff. Is there any way we could put land on layaway? Is there any way, you know, what can we do to get a piece of the Florida dream? We know land will go up. What can we do now? Can we pay you some money? And they began to brainstorm and they're sitting around their, their shared office in Miami, the Mackle Company. And one of the brothers, I think it was Elliot said, well, we gotta sell them something. How about installments? How about we sell land in installment plans that we say you can have this lot for $10 down and $10 a month over seven or eight years, you know, lots for about 800 bucks, 900 bucks. And we hook them that way. We'll sell them the Florida dream. And, and one of the slogans was for the price of cigarette money. And that idea took hold. Um, and think this is before Disney. This is before all the Florida's theme parks, before modern Miami Beach in the way we see it today, or, or, or the sports teams, all the different reasons people go to Florida and people were so crazy for it that the story is the Mackles received bushels full of cash, bushels full of letters with coupons from their ads. Cut this coupon out, send us a check or a money order or $10, $1 bills, and we'll reserve your lot today. And it was sight unseen. So you have a development, for example, in the middle of nowhere, 200,000 lots, 50,000 acres or so, whatever they were building, they would divide it and they would simply send a map of the project with a gridiron of streets, many of which hadn't been built yet, with an X, like a treasure map. This is our lot. And so it seems so silly today. You know, I always tell people 
If I came home and told my wife I bought a lot in Wyoming sight unseen, she would probably punch me. Idiot, why would you do that? But in 1958, imagine what that meant to a bus driver in Albany, New York, who had put in 32 years and he's just wanting to make it till he's 62 or 65 and the, you know, the wife is a secretary at a high school. They're just trying to make it. Kids are out of the house. They're finally gonna sell their home that they paid off and they just want their golden years in Florida. Though they've probably never been or, or maybe once or twice. Buying this piece of the Florida dream in installments was crazy, but it hit. Maybe they weren't ever gonna come down. Maybe they were gonna build a home and rent it. Whatever they were doing, people began buying land sight unseen in droves. These companies would sell land from kiosks in bus terminals, kiosks in some of the main train terminals in the Northeast. They would have girls, there's a picture in Life magazine, girls in bathing suits, not bikinis then, you know, this is still the 50s, with sand and, and playing volleyball and flirting with guys, GIs, and, and businessmen getting off the trains. And the sign says, Port Charlotte, $10 down and $10 a month. And so the Mackles, they weren't the first to do installment land sales, but they were the first to do it on a mass, mass scale and using kind of these Madison Avenue madmen advertising techniques. And other people began realizing it's not rocket science. If you got the money, if you have the ability to swing it, you can buy large stretches of land in Florida. It's hard to do today. But in those days, there were large stretches, large ranches, defunct orange groves. They used up the land and wanted to get rid of it. Sometimes they didn't even pay taxes on it. And you could buy land in the 30s off the tax rolls for pennies an acre. But other people came down buying 5,000 here, 10,000 here, including two brothers from Baltimore, and they were different. The Mackles were blue bloods, they were builders, they were Rotarians, Shriners, that kind of stuff. They, you know, they were their community guys who came from a family of builders. They prided themselves as being members of the Mackle Company. We build things. The Rosens were mail order guys. They were former carnival barkers you know, as kids in Baltimore, step right up, that kind of stuff. And they were salesmen and they would sell stuff on COD. They would sell stuff in installments, you know, on layaway, television sets, um, refrigerators, things like that. They were brawlers. They were tough Jewish kids who knew want, who had made their way in the world by hook or crook and had built a successful business. And their business that really made it was selling shampoo. It was called Formula Number no. 9. I remember Formula I don't know how or why, but this was a, a shampoo that you bought in magazines that they sold you and they promised that it would rejuvenate your hair, that it was, you know, lanolin from sheep. I read it was lanolin mixed with hotel shampoo in a bathtub, which they would bottle up and sell for a dollar a bottle. They sold other things through magazines and through some of the first infomercials after TV would go off, after the news in America, you know, generally 11.30 news would go off, TV would go off. So you could buy 30 minutes and show whatever you wanted in the middle of the night. And they would press their sales teams that went around the Eastern seaboard selling things, you know, sell, sell, sell. And if you weren't good, you were fired. I think of these guys as straight out of Glengarry Glen Ross, you know, the, the, the famous movie on land sales with Jack Lemmon and Al Pacino and Alec Baldwin, it was a stage play. 
you know, very intense salesman. There are suckers everywhere. And if, you know, I'm paraphrasing and, and, and one of the Rosen said, if you're not willing to take them, then someone else will take them. So get out, get out of here. If you're not willing to take that sucker, <laughs> that buyer, to scam that buyer, I'll find someone who will. These guys were survivors. And so they came to Florida during the boom in the 50s and they heard there's money there. You know, they always had a nose for what was going on and looked around and they thought, why are we selling shampoo at a dollar a bottle when we could be selling lots at a thousand a lot? And you've been listening to Jason Vuick, author of The Swamp Peddlers, tell one heck of a story about how Florida was built and sold. And my goodness, what salesman these guys were, these two families, the Rosens and the Mackles. The Mackles, sort of the Blue Blood construction guys. They'd been doing construction forever. Rotary guys, communitarians, real members of the community. And here are the Rosens, hustlers, guys who sold mail-order catalogs and did, well, almost anything for a buck. More of this remarkable story, the story of how Florida was sold and built, here on Our American Stories. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we return to our American stories and the final portion of our story on who sold and built Florida with Jason Vuick, author of The Swamp Peddlers. When we last left off, the Mackle brothers had decided to start selling empty lots to Northerners for the price of cigarette money. The concept was a hit, and soon other people were interested in getting in on the game, including two former carnival barkers from Maryland, the Rosen brothers. Let's return to the story. They came to Fort Myers, and there's a story of them flying, and you know, one of the brothers is flying in a Cessna, a small plane, and he looks down at Redfish Point on the Caloosahatchee River, and he decides that's a perfect place for my future community. Cape Coral, he had no knowledge of building. He never built anything. He had no knowledge of how to sell land or how to start a land sales community. But once he got the hang of it, he knew how to sell things. 
Jack Rosen handled the books, Leonard Rosen handled the sales. And so he kind of aped the Mackles. He did what the Mackles did with the national media, but then he took it to another level. And so you see the Rosens have the first call centers in the US, calling millions of people a year thousands of sales dinners randomly been chosen out of the phone book in Gary, Indiana. You know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you've been cordially invited to a film and steak dinner at the Holiday Inn in South Bend this Saturday and you'd go and you'd get worked over, right? They'd go door to door. And then once you'd been sold to, they'd sell to your family. In Fort Myers, the Rosens extended the airport at Page Field and brought in real jets. And there were daily flights, one in the morning and one in the evening to New York City. They began bringing in television shows. Route 66 comes through Southwest Florida. He gives Bob Hope some sort of award, like the first annual Great American Award. And there's no second annual award, right? He brings in, you know, the American Stamp Club convention. And he brings in, you know, if, if there had been Beanie Babies then, he would have had the Beanie Baby convention in Cape Coral, which he would then use this event, you know, chess tournaments and track and field or, you know, you name it, he would bring it in and then he would sell land through those. They were just incredible salesmen and they became bitter, bitter rivals to the Mackles. Now, what the Rosens, would do though is they would skirt the line between reputable land dealers and fraudulent peddlers of swamps. By law, if you're selling land in installments, selling lots as residential property in Florida in the 50s, you had to connect that lot to a paved road. So you've got to bring in millions of tons of dirt. You've got to dredge and fill. You've got to dig ditches. So you're looking at an incredible amount of heavy work using big machinery with engineers who know what they're doing grading the land over miles. And if you get behind on that or prices rise or inflation is off the hook, that $10 down isn't that good a deal for you anymore. And so the Rosens saw that they were on the hook sometime in the 60s, and, and I forget the number now, but it was like $90 million. They were making big money. They, they almost bought the franchise that became the Miami Dolphins. They had the best art collection in all of Florida, which was they called their company the Gulf American Corporation. And of course, you would go see the Gulf American collection in Miami. And then when you'd walk in the door, a salesman would start selling you lots. They realized that we're 90 million on the hook. So if we're spending money and we're living freely and we're screwing around, that eventually the rubber's gonna meet the road. We have to provide what we promised or it's a crime, it's fraud. So Leonard Rosen gets the idea. Why don't we just go out into real swampland? and sell people investment property. And I, I'm putting that word in quotes, right? Investment property. Tell them that in the fine print, but also openly say, you know, we're not promising you anything. We're not promising you a road here. This is not a homestead. Let our lawyers read this, put it all in the contracts and we'll sell land for $250, $500, $1,000 an acre as investment property. And we'll let our salesmen lie through their teeth. You know, this is a future suburb. This is a future city. We're gonna let our salesmen run with this and we're gonna let people think what they want. Make people think this is the future when it's not. It's just unusable land. And so this is where the Rosens make a lot of money but also get into trouble and where they, they start to kind of destroy the image of installment land sales. I tell people in Port Charlotte, you know, maybe it wasn't the best community but no one ever got ripped off they got what they paid for. But when the Rosens are selling to people who think, you know, they're uneducated, uh, they, they've been 
worked over through salesmen who almost like in a Darwinian process have been weeded out to be the best ones. And oftentimes the best salesmen were the most unscrupulous ones. Uh, they had the Midas touch and the golden tongue and they'd work over these people and sell them land that they thought that they were gonna move to and live on. They'd take them on tours in the winter when there was no rain. So you could go into Golden Gate Estates and drive around and, oh, someday, um, you know, Golden Gate, the community, and Naples back here, these are booming places, you know, and in 20 years, this five acres you just purchased is gonna be worth a lot of money, which was patently untrue. And so this is where the federal government starts to get involved. Northern politicians are already angry they're losing their old people <laughs> to Florida. You know, Detroit is paying out its pensions and it's not coming back to Michigan ever. They're already tired of these salesmen. But now their former residents are calling saying, hey, I got ripped off. And they're using telephones and they're using the mails to do it. So the federal government starts to have hearings and the Rosens come off as criminals which is arguable, but certainly they're, they're doing unscrupulous things, as opposed to the Mackles. The Mackles are willing to testify, and the reps and senators praise them, and the Rosens are unwilling to testify, and they come off as criminals. The Rosens and the Mackles, they didn't like each other. They knew each other. The Mackles and the Rosens belong to the Florida Land Sales Board. It was a board that was totally made up of five people that were supposed to oversee how the advertisements were pitched before you put it in Time Magazine or in the New York Times to give you a check mark that you're not lying. But they're really not gonna look over it. It had a small budget and all five members of the board were land developers themselves. The tension there is between the Mackles and the Rosens over control of this board because the Mackles wanna clean it up enough to where they can do business and the Rosens want few if any restrictions at all so they can continue to do business and they essentially go to war they, they, they go to war and they go to war in Tallahassee specifically trying to get a governor in place that will strengthen the board and start to turn over evidence to district attorneys eventually the Mackles kind of won out Claude Kirk was a, a the first Florida Republican governor since Reconstruction and Kirk wanted to save the Florida environment, and that meant reining in these installment land sales developers who were willing to build on islands, for example. Uh, eventually, the Rosens are kind of run out of the business. The governor threatened to turn over his records from the land sales board to various district attorneys. And so they were facing possibly thousands of felonies and could have gone to prison, so they sold out to another company in the early 1970s and moved away from Florida. One brother died and I think the other one moved to Las Vegas and, and began working in land development out there. These guys are forgotten, the Rosens and the Mackles, but they are every bit as important in Florida history as people like Plant or Flagler. The Mackles should be right up there. I mean, they built entire cities, entire cities from scratch. They employed tens of thousands of people and you know created an entire new landscaping for the state and brought probably hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of people to Florida and changed Florida's environment forevermore. I would say, and, and I have no way of quantifying this, but who sold Florida? You know, who sold Florida before Disney? Before any of the tourism? Before the, the pro teams and, and all the people moving down? These companies did. And a terrific job on the production and storytelling by Monty Montgomery. And a special thanks to Jason Vuick, 
author of The Swamp Peddlers. And what a story we heard. The men who built and sold Florida. And my goodness, two very different approaches. The Hustlers, the Rosens, and the Solid Guys, the Mackles, trying to do it right. The battle on the board. I would have loved to have been on those board meetings. The story of how Florida was built and sold here on Our American Stories. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth no matter who you are. Mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.